Hey everyone, welcome to the Tell Us Running Podcast. I'm Steve, I'm here with Kristen. Hey Kristen. Hey guys, sorry, you're gonna have to deal with my stuffed up raspy voice. I have a little bit of a head cold. So oh, if, well. I, if I sneeze, that's what's going on. Yeah, if your throat gets a little bit scratchy and you have to stop and drink some water. But we should really let everybody know that it's not water that you're drinking, it's coffee. Yeah. It's lots and lots of coffee. <laughs> like the third pot of the day. Yes, exactly. And the day is early yet. So, well, we're on episode six. And this week we thought we would bring to you a topic that is, um, as a coach, it's near and dear to my heart. As an athlete, it's one that I think Kristen would say, and as I as an athlete would say, it's not near and dear to my heart. But we want to talk about when shit hurts. Um, or more specifically, how to manage pain in a workout and on race day. So why is it important to think about how we manage pain in a workout? And how is it different from race day? Is that topics we're going to discuss today? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's so much different, but um, like everything, you need to practice. And that's what that's what this is, practice or play, as you like to say. Yeah, I like to say play. Practice sounds like we should get Alvin Iverson on where he says, Everybody just practice. Everybody all crazy about practice. Any of those who've seen that YouTube footage, you should go check it out anyway. Um, so basically, we talk about when shit hurts. We're taking the term hurt um, as a really general term, one that's big picture and, and really, in a lot of ways, hurt reflects so many different contexts. Um, so we want to refine that and break it down into two different terms one being pain and the other being discomfort and our argument in this podcast is that you need to reframe and redefine what's really happening in your training and your racing in order to get more accurate about what's actually happening in training to optimize your racing situation and then how to manage the suffering and the challenge that goes on on race day in in the act. And um, our plan is to bring you some definitions, um, to look at it from a more holistic big picture perspective, and then to dial in with some real, um, hopefully user-friendly practical applications that you can take into your run. So those of you who have listened to our podcast in the past, you know we're, our mission is to train the body, the mind, and the spirit for what the race requires. Um, and this episode, we'll be wrapping all that stuff into one big picture, we think. So um, come on the journey with us. We're excited. Yeah. So let's talk about this idea of pain. And as we were getting ready for this podcast, I kept, I had, a, I had an issue with, with talking about pain. And Steve asked what that was about. And I said, well, I don't necessarily know that when we're working out, um, you know, when we're doing workouts during a run, preparing for a race, or when we're racing, that we're really dealing with pain. It's more, like pain seems like such a hard edge and it seems like like something's wrong. And if you're dealing with pain while you're running, you should probably stop running um, or, or stop for a minute and figure out what's going on. What, I'm, what I think we're really talking about is discomfort. Um, because it's this general sense of unease that you have, um, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. But in that, I kind of wanted to give the definition of pain, which is physical suffering or discomfort caused by illness or injury. And hopefully while you're running or racing or working out, you're not dealing with that, right? If you are, maybe stop, reassess, see somebody, don't run through that. Um, but if what you're dealing with is discomfort, which I think is what we deal with as runners on a daily basis, the definition for that is slight pain, a state of mental unease, or a lack of physical comfort. And that to me sounds a lot more like what we deal with in workouts on race day, when we're pushing our limits, when we're growing as runners, when we're running fast, it's this sense of discomfort, this, maybe your legs are tight, or your chest hurts, or you're having a hard time breathing. But I don't, I don't think it's pain. I think it's just your body adjusting to the effort. 
Well, based on your definitions, it's absolutely not pain. And that's really what precipitated our decision to do this episode as a podcast because we became pretty clear that so many people that I work with um, as a coach are misinterpreting or, or misdefining the experience that they're actually going through in training and racing. And it's crucial and critical to realize that pain is something very different from discomfort. Pain is something you need to stop doing. Um, as that definition that Christian read to you indicated, it's something akin to injury or something sharp and or dull, something that tells you and you should know it's time to stop and reassess. And so we are not discussing pain on this podcast. We are going to refrain to the best of our abilities through the rest of this podcast to not use the term pain except to indicate it as a different as different from discomfort. We want to argue what you're dealing with is discomfort and discomfort has both mental and physical ap ap parts. <laughs> I missed my I didn't have the right word there. So it's both mentally and physically challenging. And so we immediately were like, okay, this is definitely a podcast. And then we spent hours going through and kind of pulling apart this concept and trying to find ways to present it to you all to help you um, in training and racing. So yeah, so real quick, just we've said it, but I want to say it again as clearly as possible. In this episode, we are going to be talking about ways to mentally and physically run through discomfort. We are not in any way, shape, or form advocating for you to run through pain. That is something very different. We are not advocating for you to run through pain. That's our doctor's disclosure. That's our <laughs> please don't sue us because you wouldn't get very much if you did. But anyway, I, th I agree with you that that is... Um, and I think that that's what got us so excited about the topic was just we're like, wow, we've how many times have people misdiagnosed that? How many times have people misattributed what is going on? Because pain is something we should stop doing, but discomfort is something we must run through. Discomfort is part of the process. Yeah, it's a necessary part of training, right? The only way to expand your limits is to push up against them, and that pushing up against your limits is is uncomfortable. It's a little bit unsettling, and so. You can stay in, you know, I mean, two, people talk about staying in, in their comfort zones all the time. You can stay in your comfort zone and you never grow. And that's just, that's just fine if that's your objective. But if you want to grow and run further and faster or, or more, you want to push up against those, those limits. And that is, that is uncomfortable and, and very necessary. So one thing, another thing that's important to, to make sure you understand here from the outset as a part of a of a definition or at least a, a framing of the term discomfort. I want to make sure that we understand that discomfort is both mental and physical simultaneously. It's happening at the same time, hand in glove. Um, one cannot be separated from the other. Uh, this is really critical and crucial. And I think it's one of the things that has made the idea of discussing mental training such a passion of mine is because so frequently and often we there's a tendency to want to separate what's going on in the body with what's going on in the mind. Um, folks, the brain is in the body, so therefore body and mind are together. They are linked. The only thing separating them is a basic definition, a human definition, that I think has been used to separate us in so many ways that's not helpful. Now, I'm not going to go down that philosophical um, tidy bowl. I'm going to try to stay up here and focused on this topic of discomfort because <laughs> um, I can feel myself wanting to slip into philosophical revelry. But um, it, it's important to recognize that this topic is mental and physical at the same time, and it needs to be addressed in such a way that you're not separating the two. Um, every time you're in a position from a training perspective or a race perspective where you find yourself attempting to separate them, it's an artificial separation. It's not what's happening in real time. And very rarely are people going to be separating them in the middle of a race. But we do have a tendency sometimes to separate them as we think about training and as we think about the work that we're putting in. So that's another critical point that I want to make, just make sure that everybody understands that just like emotion, it's both physical and 
discomfort, emotion. They are both mental and physical at the same time. They're both in the body at the same time, and the mind is in the body at the same time. So I'll get off my soapbox there. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, in sort of outlining what we were going to talk about today, we wanted to give you guys a context for what that discomfort looks like. I mean, obviously, you know what it feels like, right? But let's talk about it in a way that differentiates discomfort from pain. So you're in the middle of a workout or you're in the middle of, the ra of a race and you do a body scan and you go, okay, what's going on with me? Why? What am I feeling right now? You're feeling, like we talked about before, a tightness in your chest. Your breath is is quick, your heart rate is elevated, maybe your skin is flushed, your legs are tight, your hip flexors are tight, maybe it's mile 20 and your feet hurt because you've been in your race shoes for 20 miles and that doesn't always feel the best. Those things should not be painful, but they should, they should be uncomfortable. It should be causing your body some sort of discomfort. Um, and Steve mentioned yesterday, and I'm going to share with you guys, is that one of two things here is going to happen. You're either going to recognize that discomfort and you are going to quit, or you're going to endure. That's it. Those are your two options. You're going to quit and either stop or jog it out, or you're going to continue to push. And what we're going to be talking about today is how to wrap your brain around what your body is physically experiencing and push through that. Absolutely. And, you know, let's also designate here, Kristen, um, not only is the body feeling discomfort in a wide variety of ways, as you described, whether through a body scan or basically a lactic dump or some other kind of experience where you're like, fuck, this shit hurts. And everybody's been there. And we, we want to shy away from that. And what we're arguing is don't shy away, lean in, recognize it as part of training. As long as it's not pain involved, this is part of what we're trying to accomplish in training. But let's get clearer a little bit on discomfort. And um, I want to give another kind of definition that I found is pretty it's very useful, especially for folks who may be listening to this podcast and are not relating exactly to the marathon. Um, in my experience as a coach, I, I've coached everything from the 800 all the way up to the marathon and, and beyond. Um, and one of the things that you realize really quickly with, with the definition of discomfort is that basically they're on two, they're on two poles, right? They're on two graphs. One is a duration and one is an intensity. All right. So in an 800 meter race, an athlete will feel very, very high intensity, a very high intensity of pain or, or discomfort. That is, it's, the intensity is high. In a marathon, the intensity is not very high, but the duration is very long. So if I said, hey, at quarter of the way through your race, you may be experiencing X. That will be very different. The, dip, the discomfort someone is experiencing in an 800 will be very at the quarter of the way through. In a two-minute 800-meter race, the person will be 30 seconds in, and they will be experiencing the beginnings of lactic. They will be feeling they're running way faster than they maybe can sustain. Um, other things may be going on environmentally in the race itself in terms of where their body, where their positioning and is everything else that creates discomfort. But basically what they're experiencing is a very short duration of a very high intensity discomfort. For the marathoner, if I go 30, go a quarter of the way through, if they're a four hour marathoner, they're, they're an hour in. That is an hour is significantly longer than 30 seconds. Everybody understands that. But because the duration is longer, in most cases, in almost every case, that intensity is lower. So discomfort is the same in the sense that we're talking about intensity and, and duration, but the experience given the different race distance is different. And so as we discuss further these ways of managing discomfort and working through discomfort and recognizing it as an ally instead of an enemy, um, we'll be talking about a variety of different training modalities and paces and things that you might train for, all of which, which is trying to prepare you for both in high intensity of short duration and 
longer duration, lower intensity. And if your coach isn't doing that, you might want to find a new coach because that is part of the process of physiologically preparing for races, but it's also crucially and critically important for dealing with a variety of different dis mental discomforts that go on with the act of racing. Um, those of you who just marathon, you still need to do stuff that's short and intense to be able to prepare yourself physiologically, but also psychologically, and that's key, key component here. So I wanted to make sure that I discussed where pain, what, excuse me, where discomfort sits on these two poles, and it sort of it dovetails in with what goes on from a training perspective in a coach's mind. Yeah, and sort of just especially as as a marathoner, really wrapping your head around. Okay, you're probably going to be uncomfortable for a very long time, so let's um, let's deal with that. Let's not try to ignore it or pretend it's not there. Instead, like Steve said, lean into it and um, maybe use it to our advantage. This is especially important for those of you who are about to race um, what can be one of the most uncomfortable races uh, coming up, which is Boston. Uh, you never know what the weather's going to be. Last year, it was particularly unpleasant. Um so you never know what the weather's going to be. You have hills, blah, blah, blah. We can do a Boston episode later. I think we kind of started this one as that, and it turned into something else. But um, anyway, this is particularly relevant for you guys, I feel like. So going back, we've got two options. We're going to quit or we're going to continue, right? Yep. So one thing that's really important to realize is this is not life and death. Running is a pastime. It's a hobby. It's an experience that you choose to do. It's not. Um, it's not a. It's not forced upon you. It's not um, something you have to experience. And so, when you're feeling that discomfort, you, you should be relevant. It should be relevant. This topic. This this particular point should be relevant in that because you don't. If you quit, two minutes later or five minutes later, you're going to regret it. You're absolutely going to regret it because you're going to realize it wasn't life and death. It wasn't injury or not being injured. It was just the inability to deal with the circumstances and the, dif and the discomfort that you found yourself with. So what do we do, Kristen, when we're in this position of making this choice, um, continuing or not continuing? For some of you, it won't even be a choice. You'll just continue no matter what, right? For others... I've had many, many athletes that, that stop. That well, I think that happens to all of us. So rewind a little bit. We're talking about dealing with pain. What do we do? What's our first step? Number one, what you're talking about is giving it perspective and understanding and realizing, like you said, that we are here because we want to be here. We're choosing this. Racing, running, working out, it is not something that is being done to us. Rather, it is a conscious effort, a conscious choice we're making to do this thing. Um, and I think once we really settle in with that, we can sort of take out this, this potential negative space that we can get in, in the middle of a race or in the middle of a hard workout, like, oh, woe is me, right? Like this victim's mentality of oh, how did I end up here? Not that necessarily we consciously think those exact thoughts, but I think sometimes in that place of suffering and discomfort, it's easy to go into the dark place of, oh, oh boy, like this is, this is awful, you know? Yeah, from that experience of just having the pain itself to the existential dread that actually takes place of, am I not good enough? Am I not prepared enough? Do I not, do I suck? Can I not handle this pain? So often I see in my athletes, um, this unnecessary wrestling with their inner demons at the most inappropriate and critical times for success. And I think there's another entire podcast episode on that particular topic, but we think that giving it the proper perspective is the first and foremost way that you manage this discomfort. And we'll talk a little bit about that, Kristen. Tell, what, what are we suggesting that folks reframe this experience of, gosh, it hurts, what should I do? Should I continue? How do I manage this? What, what, what is a way that they can do that? So they can give it perspective, like we said, and realize that they're here because they wanna be here. But also, um, 
and you can talk about this more, but your idea of this being play of having fun with the experience and, and viewing it with a light touch and a sense of humor. And for me, that means really being grateful that my body can experience these sensations, being grateful that, um, that you are here, that you do have the opportunity to push your limits and to push um, your place and your sense of comfort in life. This, it, this reminds me of a story of um, my very first Boston um, when I was I'm on the road, I'm running, I was uh, in a state Um, I was seven and a half months pregnant. Um, so I was pretty uncomfortable and I don't know, it must've been like mile 16 or so. And I was in that dark space of like, oh, what have I, like, what am I doing? Like, what's been done to me? Why am I, I'm, you know, I'm so uncomfortable and, and everyone's passing me and just sort of in that place of like, woe is me. Right. And I run by a woman who is wildly cheering right into my eyes, like for me and, and, you know, saying really encouraging things like, good job, mama, you're doing, you're doing great. Like keep going. And this woman had blades for legs and blades for arms, both. And here she was out here cheering for me right? And it really put into perspective for me what I was doing. That's also part of the magic of Boston, but this particular experience with this woman, it gave me a window to see how grateful I am that I am able to be doing this thing that I love, even while it's wildly uncomfortable. I have the ability, my body has given me the ability to push this way. Yeah, and there's so many ways to, in that experience that you had there, you were basically calling up the warrior spirit, right? You're looking at another's misfortune and saying, the misfortune I thought I had is pales in comparison to their misfortune. In essence, I think I'm accurately describing some of the experience that you had. So then you're like, I can soldier on, I can fight on, I can do this because others have also are also doing hard and challenging and difficult things. Another way to look at this from the standpoint of changing your perspective or giving it perspective is to have a sense of humor and to realize that this isn't, you're doing this for fun and that there is a sense of, you know, um, pointlessness to the activity of running 26.2 miles with thousands and thousands of other people, you ought to have a bit of a smile on your face at the ridiculousness and absurdity of it, but it still can be important, valuable, and incredibly empowering. But you can come at it from the sense of enjoyment, of pleasure, of experience. All of us have had those moments where we're in the act of racing or running and training and saying, gosh, this is more, right? This is this is so much fun. And I used to all the time tell my athletes at the University of Texas when they got on the starting line, go out there and have some fun. And so frequently they just could not relate. And I realized that I hadn't really framed it for them well enough to say, hey, you're doing this for the fun of it, for the play of it. And I'm a real big believer in looking at all of life and all of our experience in a, in a, as, from an attitude of play. Like nothing is so serious that we can't enjoy the process. Yes, even in tragedy and in very difficult circumstances, it may be hard to see the play in it, but we're, being, we're going to look at the end of our lives and say, we can't take anything with us. All we have is the experience we had in the time frame. And is it really that fucking serious? Is it really that that big a deal is anything such a big deal that you would sacrifice your relationship with your children that you would sacrifice your relationship with your family this sport is a part of us being better and greater and more but we should be looking at it from the sense of humor or a sense of a warrior spirit or a sense of play all of which are so important and it just goes back to that idea of a light touch right of looking at this as something that's not heavy it's light and if you have that approach and that perspective, Kristen, in the middle of dealing with discomfort, you can rise. You can experience something different. You can change 
the discussion that's going on between the ears of how difficult and terrible and horrible it is. You chose it. It's play. There's others with more challenges. And this really kind of a joke in the first place to even be out here doing all of this. Um, so when you do that, I think it's such a way of diffusing that existential dread for those people who are in that space of challenged personally. But it also is a way of saying, I'm not going to die from this. It's not going to kill me. This is not, I, and I chose it. I chose it all the way. Steve, you have a really interesting story that you were telling me a couple of days ago about um, you sort of hitting that moment of where you had this dread about about racing and how you struggled with that as in your collegiate career. Do you want to do you want to sure? Tell I story? can talk about that. Um, so the experience was my senior year. I had redshirted. Uh, it, it came down to the very last uh, meet. Um, we were, I had redshirted, so I had sat out an entire year to be ready for this last opportunity. My main goal was to try to win a national championship as an individual. But along that route was winning a title at the conference meet for my team. And when I had redshirted, I chose, I'd been told that the team wouldn't win without me the year before. In that year before they did win without me but they weren't going to win without me this year and so I felt all this pressure I was going to run three different races uh, and I was going to be competing against people who were not really necessarily of the same athletic caliber but they were they had beat me one person in particular had beat me repeatedly and so I knew that there was a lot of pressure to perform and achieve for my team and for myself and so I felt this incredible amount of pressure and i remember sitting on the infield at memorial stadium this was 1993 this before they shifted the track away from the giant football stadium that it's in now it's to the right of it and um in its own space but it was just a cacophonous building amazingly large and you just feel dwarfed in this place and i'm sitting there laying on the infield looking up at the sky getting ready to go do my warm-up and thinking, oh my God, I want to not do this. I really want to not have to be in this experience. I don't want to let people down and I don't want to be in a position where um, I'm not the person I say I am. And I felt incredible pressure, a pressure to the point at which if I could have, I would have run over to I-35 and jumped off the bridge and died. Like that amount of existential dread of not wanting to do the thing. And I remember laying there and saying, this is fucking ridiculous. How in the world can a grown man, I was, you know, I'm 22 years old, 23 years old, voluntarily putting himself in this position, having an opportunity to seize a moment that I knew I had the opportunity to seize, and all I could do was freak out about the situation I was in, peeing down the side of my leg, totally had bubble guts to the point I could barely even talk or communicate with anybody, and just laying there looking up at the sky, this cloud goes past, and I just look at it and say, it doesn't really matter. Like... I had this amazing moment of letting go. I don't know in that moment if that letting go was because of an almost mini like psychological break or if it was just an experience of rapturous connection with the one and the whole. I don't know what it was, but I don't re and it's really hard and I've had a very hard time over the rest of my life trying to recreate that connection. But in that moment I just gave up. I gave up on the result. I knew I was prepared. I knew I was better than the other competitors. And I knew I would have an opportunity and a chance to prove it. And it was really strange. So I gave up and then I engaged with the play part of what it is when we compete. I had an amazing meet, Kristen. I I got second in the 10 because my coach basically told me I had to. I won the steeplechase, which was the next day going away. And in the final race at the 5,000 meters, I was competing against a guy who had beat me many times at this kind of a meet, a low, a, a, the conference level meet. He wasn't the same level of athlete I was, but he had the ability to outkick me at crucial times. I would do all the work and he would fly by me at the finish. And he'd done it in cross country and indoor track. And here we were in the final race. The score of the meet was going to come down to two or three points. The point differential between a win and a second place is two points. So I knew if I won, it would be 10 points for my team. If he won, it would be only two points for my team. Um, his team wasn't in the mix, so it wasn't a four-point swing. It was just a two-point swing. But I also felt this incredible 
recognition that my purpose or my my career wouldn't be the same if I didn't beat this guy. I had beat him many other times at big meets, but I hadn't beat him in this venue. 200 meters to go, we're together. We have one other guy with us. We drop him between 200 and 150 meters to go. We're coming around the turn. And just as in every other race that it's ever happened, I start to feel the tightness and my shoulders moving up towards my ears. My heavy, my breathing gets more heavy. I feel like my legs are heavy. I'm not pushing off the ground appropriately. I'm feeling pressure, like pressure's there. We turn, go into the last hundred, and this guy, Glenn, launches his kick, his patent kick, what he's done every single time, run away from me right at the end. As I'm starting to feel heavy and slow, he lifts and runs away. And in that moment, I'm like, not this time, not this time. But I let him go by me and I feigned that I was tired. And I just went, oh, and he accelerates away from me by about a meter or two meters. And then I gather myself and say, let's go get him. And I just kicked it in. Roll. I was on the inside. I rolled past him. He looked over his shoulder, could not believe it because I had never done it before, and he quit. I ended up beating him by nearly two seconds. It wasn't even a challenge. The last 50 meters, I was running solo all by myself. He was there, but not in the race. So here it was. I get all the things that I wanted. My team wins the conference title by something like two points. We, I'm the victor, and all of that not because I took myself too seriously, but because I recognized there's a much bigger picture here and my perspective was able to change. Um, folks, the entire literature of sports psychology is riddled with these stories, but it's also doesn't prepare people or provide a clear indication of how you get there. And I really can't do it either, except to say that this reframing is critical, critical and crucial. This experience of gaining perspective and recognizing perspective is essential to that entire process. So think about that. Think about your either connection to others or connection to the all, depending on where your worldview is, and either laugh or recognize there's others who have more, have a sense of play, or grab onto the mantle of the hero position you're supposed to be in, like I did on that day. I got to be the hero. I still have in my house that trophy, the team trophy that my coach gave me because we wouldn't have won without that effort. Now I could say, take the ego and say, look what I did, but I'm, I am absolutely certain that I didn't do anything. It's almost like it happened to me, which is so cool, but it also makes it so ephemeral and far away. Yeah, so all that to say, it's a good way to... Um to deal with that discomfort that you're feeling and maybe that dread that you're feeling in the middle of a workout or a race and definitely practice that and sort of wrap your brain around what that might mean um, on race day. So in your next workout, I don't know, maybe you even practice the uh, the beautiful Kipchoge smile and channel some of that warrior spirit. And like Steve said, play with it and just be grateful for where you are and that your body can, can take you through those moments. Yeah, so the... The body is composed of the central nervous system, and the central nervous system is broken down into different components, and one of which is the autonomic, which is basically the part of the nervous system that we don't consciously control. Um, there's only one part of the autonomic nervous system that we do control, which is basically our breathing, right? Um, so what we want to describe now is one way, to, one way, crucial and critical way, that you can get yourself into a position of reframing and also controlling your emotions or controlling your functional system and your sort of emotional complex, like who you are as a person. And so here's one practical way that we're gonna describe to optimize a circumstance like I just discussed where I was laying on the infield of that, of that stadium. Breath? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're talking about pain and how to deal with it or discomfort and how to deal with it in the context of a workout, a really hard workout or a race. Um, the first thing we talked about was giving it perspective. And the next thing is um, by dealing with your emotions related to that discomfort. Um, a lot of times when you're in that space, you start to feel 
you start to feel a sense of fear. Like, can I, can I do this? Am I good enough? Can I sustain this effort? Um, what's going to happen? What happens if I don't? Um, a number of things. And then also, um, maybe you start to panic because your heart is beating uh, faster than you want it to. Um, maybe it's a little bit warm, so you're getting sort of like these weird chills, but you start to panic and you feel maybe afraid. And so what we're talking about is how can we override that panic, that stress, and that fear? And like Steve said, breathing is something that we can do to control that autonomic system in our body. Um, breath is an indicator of mood. Um, and really by a sort of, if you meditate, you're already aware of what breath can do for your body, but maybe you just try practicing it in the sense in, in a workout. Um, so instead of thinking about, oh man, this, this, this hurts, this is uncomfortable, I don't like this, what's going to happen, what do I do? You maybe just sort of accept that, that that's where you are, that's, that's your reality. It's like we talked about before, you're going, two things are going to happen. You're going to continue or you're going to quit. So you've made the choice to continue you're accepting the discomfort that your body's in. So maybe you now start to focus on your breath. Can you control your breathing and can you get it to a place where maybe your heart rate slows down a little bit? Um, it's not so out of control. Um, your One of the things that I did when I was preparing for my last big marathon was I would imagine my breath entering my mouth and my nostrils and like moving throughout my whole body and could I sort of follow that breath instead of freaking out and focusing on the discomfort that I was in and like worrying about all of these big things that I didn't really have control over what's going to happen what happens if I can't do this well what happens if you can't do it you can't do it but you're not really in control of that future moment. You are, however, in control of your present state. And so by focusing on your breath, you can really just lean into, and sounds really hippity-dippity, right? But being where you are. Well, you're also function affecting those other autonomic functions. You're, you're affecting the construction of your vascular system, you're controlling the heartbeat, you're controlling your, um, all these other aspects that are, that are not under conscious control, by controlling the one piece of the autonomic system that you can control, which is your breathing, you basically calm everything else down, and you calm your emotions down, and your emotion is both your body and your mind acting together. That experience I had on the infield of feeling heavy and distraught and freaked out, I had an experience of of seeing a having an experience I had an experience where I outside of my own control had a relaxing moment that allowed me to give up and give in but you can also much more effectively control that by breathing if I had worked on in that moment consistent breathing techniques I probably could have calmed myself pretty well would not necessarily have calmed the pinging out of control brain that was going on, but I would have been able to slowly but surely lower my heart rate, bring my um, breathing under control, getting the rest of my system that's not under conscious control under control because the breathing brings that about. Um, so talking a little bit more practically, Kristen, can you give us an example of the kind of breathing that you did in order to, to sort of optimize the situation? Is it is it something you can describe to people? I mean, I don't know. I think you can, and there are lots of different, lots of breathing techniques out there that, that people use during meditation, like skull shining breathing and alternate nostril breathing. None of those, I think, are really, are really relevant or applicable on a run, right? because you're not going to hold your finger up to your nose and practice alternate nostril breathing um, in the middle of a big effort. But what you can do is just, I don't know, I really just imagined my breath 
as like this source of comfort and this source of almost nutrition. Well, it is. I mean- right? Like it was as I'm, as I, so the, the one workout that I really played with it with, with played with it on was, um, it was really hot this day. It was like a big workout before our, I don't know, a month before race day. And it was really hot in Austin and humid. And here we were about to do this workout. And there were several of my teammates who were talking about how they wanted to adjust the paces. And I was getting really frustrated, like, no, that's not what we do. That's not the point today. The point is not to adjust. Like, I don't want to bow down to something until I have to, right? I didn't want to go into this with a sense of of defeat already hanging over me, um, like giving away something that I wasn't ready to give away. And so I had I made the decision to not adjust and ended up doing this workout mostly on my own. Um, my teammate Tyler was ended up going with me, and he and I did did it together. We were a few paces apart, but anyway. Um, and I just remember, I don't think I had practiced this before, but it was like my heart rate was elevated. We just crested a hill. It was hot and humid and I started to panic and I felt like, like a deer in headlights. And we still had like eight miles of work left. And it was just like, what do I do? Do I quit? Do I fall back or what? Like I was just looking for ways to cope. So I just thought of my breath and pulling in oxygen as nutrition. Um, Like I said, it was humid. So it wasn't easy to breathe. But by focusing on, on getting that nutrition to my to my blood and to my muscles and, and to my bones and to my hair and to my skin, like I was able to just focus on that and it sort of took me outside of the discomfort that I was in in well, the, the workout. The interesting thing is you actually are sending oxygen is those things to your working muscles, right? So you were, by controlling your breathing, maximizing and encouraging that oxygen to go to the places that it needed to be. Your hair, obviously, and your nails are not necessarily the places where that oxygenation (laughs) is beneficial. But I think the concept is really, really cool that you have this experience and you're looking at oxygen in the way that it really actually functions. Right. Um, And it only happens that way through the process of having a positive relationship with your breath. Even more importantly, recognizing the value and importance of your breath. So you've used meditation a lot in your training, and you've used it over a long, a a pretty considerable period of time without really knowing that the forms of meditation or the form of meditation that you used was really beneficial necessarily to your running. Talk a little bit about that experience of sort of stumbling into meditation as a unexpected emotional control in your running and how that you know, as you said, you don't really want to talk about specific breathing techniques, but you can talk a little bit about your experience of utilizing breath control, which is basically what med- meditation is, in the way that it was able to play out for you to be able to have that positive experience in that humid workout scenario. Right. So, like we talked about um, with breath and its ability to actually influence what's going on in, inside of your body, um, I feel like I had started meditating a couple of years ago as a way to just sort of um, like almost as a way to do more affirmations with running. So I would use it to focus on my goal or to maybe visualize a finish line. And then it sort of turned into something else. Um, It sort of, it turned into this, this calming thing. And I guess it was really after that workout when I really started focusing more on my breath and not on like all of these things that I wanted. And so when you think about stress in life, whether it's physical or mental stress and like all of these things that are going on in your head and your body all day long, for me and for a lot of people, meditation can be a way to calm that. Um, Steve talked a little bit about earlier, um, about how um, breath 
really activates the sympathetic nervous system and it it influences your stress rates it it triggers um higher heart rate blood pressure muscle tension sweat production all of these things and by using your breathing to calm yourself down you're activating your parasympathetic response and you're dialing down all of those things and so you're inducing relaxation and calm and you're getting a sense of mental clarity. And so if you can do those things outside of a workout, outside of running, just wake up in the morning and maybe you meditate, maybe you try working on these different breathing techniques, it's more likely that you can do those while running. Again, you're not specifically focusing on a type of breath, a type of breathing, but more so just learning to focus on calming down, I guess. And so that's what I was doing with meditation that sort of translated into running and ended up really working for me. So the emotional control that you utilized with your breathing techniques, there are also a whole bunch of other techniques that people can utilize to get emotional control. And we'll be talking about those over time as we discuss more body and mind connection in terms of comp competition and preparing for races. And those are like visualization, self-talk, right. um, other methodologies that are out there in the sports psychology realm that help us control our responses under emotional distress. And in, be in basically racing is discomfort and emotional distress. We're just discussing one particular attribute and aspect of this, and that's through breathing. Right. And so maybe your maybe your jam isn't meditation, right? Like maybe you're not so into like let's sit and think about our breath. And that's okay. Um I would argue that it has lots of lots of benefits and maybe you should give it a try. But if that's not your if that's not your um if that's not what you're interested in, if that's not what you're here for, maybe try it in other scenarios. Um I have experienced well I typically tend to do well running in heat and humidity, but that's not just because I have this, I love heat and humidity, which I do, but um, I would do things, like Steve likes to make fun of me sometimes because I, I'm obsessed with peanut butter, and I tried this thing last year where I said, you know, I'm going to give up peanut butter for a week just to prove that I am stronger than the peanut butter, <laughs> right? Like creating these little scenarios in which I test myself and test my limits and push myself. In that particular instance, the peanut butter one, I think I lasted four hours. Um, <laughs> but other ways that I, that, that I would try to test myself is I would sit in the steam room at the gym. It's like, I don't know, 120, 125 degrees and very steamy <laughs> and it's really intense being in there and you you go and you sit and your heart rate is feels like it's i don't know 300 beats per minute although that's probably an exaggeration um and it would be because it's not possible for you to have a 300 be heartbeat per but minute. it <laughs> feels that way steve it's it would explode your heart would explode <laughs> i guarantee you. well it feels like it's going to and so i would go and i would sit in this steam room and my heart rate was going bananas and I'm have this sense of panic, you know, much like I was talking about in a race or in a workout. And I would just work on calming the fuck down. So again, if meditation isn't your jam, try doing that. Try sitting in a sauna. Um, another, another way that you could practice calming yourself down through discomfort is to take an ice bath or a really cold shower. I think cold showers are something that people do all of the time to sort of deal with that discomfort. Um, and those are safe, safe things to do, right? Like you don't want to practice chopping your arm off and see if you can, if you can handle that. But by sitting in a cold shower or in a steam room, it's a way to sort of test your limits and see there's nothing on the line there, right? Like you're not in the middle of a workout that something is riding on. You're or in a race where here's your here's your time goal, and if 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 these fail, like you're kind of screwed. You're just in a 
you're just in a steam room. You're just in a cold shower. So practice, um, practice seeing how you deal with discomfort in those scenarios and, and practice different techniques that you can maybe use during a workout or a race. So all these are basically methods of emotional control. And we'll get more in depth in future episodes about other modalities and methodologies. Was I the one rambling this time? No, you weren't. You were not rambling in any way, shape, or form. You were (laughs) basically bringing along how, I guess basically what we were doing is saying, hey, here's meditation. Breathing control is one of the ways to control your emotion. There's a... a lot of other ways to control your emotion and we want you to give you practical applications but this particular episode is much more about what to do when shit hurts and so the first is overall reframe the situation get your perspective correct we talked about that number two find methods and methods of control getting emotional control and having emotional control meditation is one we'll talk through visualization self-talk a variety of other things the reason why i I think it's so important, and Chris and I wanted to talk about it this way, is because it's not really framed in this way. I think a lot of times people talk about these attributes that you can utilize to get mental training as mental training techniques rather than seeing them as really what they are, which is controlling your emotions to allow you to have the best and most optimal performance in training and in racing. But all of that still is imp- what is important. You can't just think your you can't just perspective your way or emotionally control your way to the race result that you want. You also have to train. You also have to do specific paces. You have to do specific training loads that will allow you to be successful at your race distance from the 800 to the marathon. We are not going to go through in this episode every single system that you could possibly utilize. That's um, many books out there that are great on how to optimize your physiological state to be prepared for the race that you want to run. I've talked about that a lot in other podcasts and probably there'll be podcasts that we discuss these episodes and we'll discuss this to try to dial in and give it in a more layman's terms in a way that people can understand what's going on physiologically. But what I really want to bring in today is to talk about how what you're doing with your workouts is all about getting in comfortable and in control of your discomfort. The workouts are not just about hitting those exercise physiology systems. It's not about checking the boxes. It's also about going through the experience of those paces, what's happening physiologically, what's going on psychologically. And those workouts should be pressing your edges. Most of them should have opportunities and moments where you're uncomfortable. Preferably, you're uncomfortable in ways that are very similar to what you're going to be doing on race day. For example, we we utilize uh, consistently a, a, a workout I call a close, which is basically, you know, it's basically stealing from the original Arthur Lydiard in running fast long runs. It's also stolen a little bit from Greg McMillan's what it, classic um, fast finish. We call it a close. It's where we basically shut down our long runs <laughs> and we get faster and faster and faster over the last 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 45 minutes. We modulate those time frames in order to get people um, different physiological adaptations and different psychological adaptations. But the workouts orig- origin for me, at least in my system, is kind of an interesting story. And I want to share it with you really quickly to, to illustrate how putting mental and physical training in one place is important. Basically, I noticed frequently so many of my athletes in the marathon had done what I had figured and ha- figured was physiologically appropriate training. They had done long runs. They'd done long runs at marathon paces. They had done all the other, the 5K pace work, the 10K pace work. They'd worked their VO2 sets. They'd done all that stuff. They checked all the boxes off. I was, I was really good at doing that. But for some reason, my athletes were just finding, not finding the finish line. Like I remember thinking about it from this standpoint of this horse can't find the barn. And it seemed like not not every one of my athletes, but a good number of my athletes who I thought were ready to race weren't finishing the way that they needed to finish. And I just came to the conclusion one day, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I just came to the conclusion, they're not finishing 
strong because they don't practice finishing strong. We always do a cool down when we finish our hard quality sessions. We're always doing um, an easy long run. When are my athletes going through the 18th mile, the 20th mile, the 22nd mile, and accelerating the way that we want to accelerate on race day? So I just shifted it and started doing fast finishes. I started doing this close, but really I started doing it, Kristen, because I wanted a psychological experience to be dovetailed with their physiological experience that to say to them, Hey, I'm not complete. I ran a really easy run. So I got all the benefits of that easy 18 mile run, but I want to close the last two or three miles out for a 21 mile run. There's not a lot of physiological challenge that's going on there from the perspective of this is going to make me a faster marathoner but there's a huge amount of psychological challenge of dealing with i don't want to accelerate in the last three miles i don't want to find the barn but by consistently doing that i'm i'm not i can't prove that closes are why my athletes are running so well in their marathons but it's certainly a piece of the puzzle and it came about from this idea of challenging yourself into discomfort and running through discomfort in a way that's the way you want to on race day. So think about that part as well. You got to frame and perspectivize it. You got to get it where it needs to be. I just made up a word, perspectivize. You did. I was thinking about that. <laughs> then you've got to go through and get emotional control through a wide variety of modalities. We just talked about meditation and birth control, but there's lots of other ways. And then you need to train in a way that's consistently and constantly putting you into distress and putting you into a wide variety of challenging positions so that you're able to be in discomfort. And not always are you just checking physiological boxes off. We're also beings, human beings, that are experiencing distress and trouble at the last quarter to last 10% of our races. How do you get ready for that? You do it in training. You've got to pull your training and make sure your training is designed to hit all these physiological systems, but also hit what it is to be a human, which is to deal with suffering and to be in a suffering position and rise above it. Whether you rise above it because you think it's funny or you think it's sort of a joke or whether you rise above it because you feel like you're a warrior and you want to pull in that warrior spirit or whether you want to just look at it as a sense of play and a recognition that this is a way that you grow this is a way that you be your best self it doesn't really matter what matters is you run through this discomfort and you use this discomfort as a method to get the result that you're looking for because basically that's the point isn't it isn't that the point of it all I mean, I think so. You're definitely a coach because right now I am so fucking rallied to like go out and and just fuck shit up. Like I feel inspired. Well, good. I'm glad. Um, we can go take that into the rest of our day, right? <laughs> well, hopefully our listeners were as well. This is um, obviously an area that's I'm super passionate about. And um, I think in a lot of ways, you and I didn't know how this episode was going to go. We knew the context of where we wanted to go with it. We wandered in the woods, both you and I, a little bit there in the context of it. But I think our <laughs> listeners will, will be able to go down that road with us and see that, listen, don't run away from pain. I just called it pain, but don't run away from it. Recognize it first. Is it really pain or is it discomfort? It's probably discomfort. And then lean into it. Find those sharp places, like you like to say. Like find the places where your pain, where that discomfort and that challenge and that difficulty make you alive. And use a process of thinking about it correctly, getting it framed correctly, and then train yourself both in ways that are non running related and ways that are raining related and you'll be able to control what happens on race day and you'll also be able to control the discomfort and the existential dread that happens in training when you're not able to hit the paces that you want to you'll be able to take the idea of effort-based training and play with it a little bit more because it is play and you don't have to hit the specific pace on the nose what you're doing is trying to teach yourself to deal with discomfort because at the end of the day training is really not just running at paces training is also putting yourself in a position where those paces get easier so moving past discomfort because your fitness gets you to that point but guess what happens after that Kristen? you pick a new challenge you pick a new pace or a new race pace that you want to run now here you go right back into that place right back into the place of challenging yourself of getting into discomfort because you chose it Correct. So use these techni 
techniques that we're discussing and and probably more importantly just recognize because we didn't go a lot into all the techniques and i think we will over time but we really just wanted to get we got really pissed off at people talking about pain and we wanted people to recognize this is different these this is different we're choosing this and take these techniques take this framework and start thinking through your training and looking at the work that you're doing and i'm i'm i promise you not only will you have more effective training opportunities your races will be more in your control um and i think your experience of the sport will be much greater um remember this is not it's it's not brain surgery this is this is play this is fun this is what you chose um so go choose it anything else you want to share with folks i think you've got it cool well thanks for riding on this journey with us if you have any questions or any comments you can reach me at sisson s-i-s-s-o-n at telosrunning.com i'd love to hear from you if you think we're doing great if you think we're doing terrible we'd love to hear from folks all right y'all have a great one we'll talk to you soon